3: Welcome to Paper Route. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss and uh, joining me is Brandon Marshall himself. What's up, Brandon?
1: What's up? What's up? We're on the radio, so there's no visuals, but you, you're here. It looks like you got a little blowout. Is that a blowout?
3: I did. I had this blowout yesterday when we were on camera. I can't see Brandon on on our little... Uh, zoom thing am I supposed to be able to see him yeah you're supposed Is to he... see me oh there he goes yeah, okay yeah, now yeah, I yeah. can see him yeah I had this vlog yesterday you don't pay attention and I'm sitting right next to you that's crazy just like a man
1: no 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 remember I talked about it I said you came in and it was it was uh um what's the word because it was humid outside and it was raining
3: it wasn't frizzy it was actually perfect so um yeah
1: debatable Today's, and it was perfect. Today's the perfect. The camera
3: does The camera doesn't lie. Oh so goodness. That's what it is. Speaking of the camera not lying, um a lot went down yesterday um in terms of basketball. Obviously we'll talk a little bit football today. Thursday night football, week 14 or week 15 of the season kicks off tonight. Um but the biggest storylines came out of the NBA world. Uh did you watch the Golden State Warriors um Game last night.
1: <laughs> I watched the highlights. The highlights, oh,
3: okay. I well, I tricked the you. The Golden State Warriors didn't play last night.
1: Uh, you tried to get me. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Did they play or did they not play?
3: Did you watch the Bucks play last night?
1: Did, uh, well, yeah. is come on now. Listen, want... if you
3: watched the Bucks play last night, um the storyline continued <laughs> on, way out. beyond on, the out. game ended. No,
1: time out! Time out! Time out! Did the Warriors play yes or no? No. You really tried to get me on live? You tried to trick me? If you knew,
3: if you actually watched, you would know they didn't play, they didn't play last night. You know,
1: but, hey, listen. I, I Listen, you cover basketball. You know, you cover mm-hmm. football too, but I got football. You know, we good. Come March, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in my basketball bag.
3: All right, come March. We'll, we'll spin the block on that. But listen, mm-hmm. biggest storyline, one of the biggest storylines coming out of the NBA today. This is my headline of the day. Draymond, his suspension came down and he's suspended indefinitely by the NBA and also must enter counseling. Um, We'll dive into that, what this means for the NBA. I mean, this is a this is a huge, huge suspension to be suspended indefinitely for nothing um, criminal or overly egregious outside (laughs) of the game of basketball. Is a big deal, and I don't know if we've ever seen a suspension like this come down for players, so we'll dive into it. Uh, Brandon, what you got for us? I know you got a little NFL headline you want to talk about.
1: There we go. Uh, it's still it's NFL season, basketball season, NBA doesn't start until March, so Draymond and the NBA need this type of drama, they need it just to have us talking about them, having the whole sports world talk about them. Dak Prescott, not, not nothing major here, but I do have a question. Is this the game where Dak Prescott cools off, right? Like, let's debate that. Let's talk about it.
3: Did you Did you start off that headline with here we go as an ode to Dak Prescott or?
1: Oh, no. What is it? No pun intended. Here you we go. You didn't
3: say it. You got to say it with the, oh, if you, here we go.
1: Yeah. That's, here we go. He
3: didn't do that last it's year. This is all new, the, right? You got to horse it. It's all new. Here your, we go. It's all new no, no, no. You got it's gotta be, it's gotta be a little sturdier than that. Here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I actually am um amazed by, and next time I run into him, I'm gonna ask him this like, how do you prevent your voice from going hoarse? Oh, yeah. Doing that all game, right? It's loud. Like it's the same thing, you know, with Aaron Rodgers when he used to go, what was it? Uh green no. nineteen, and it was Omaha. And Cam right. Newton had a really high cadence. I just don't know if it was, I don't know if he had like a particular phrase that he used, but I always wonder the guys who have that particular phrase and they say it at just such a high right. volume. Like, does your voice, how did you, how do you prevent your voice going hoarse like midway through the game? They're like singers,
1: right? Like, they, Strengthen up their vocal cords. That's probably what it is. So you actually practice your, vocal, cord, but like, train your practice vocal cords? They're doing it in practice as well. But they're also doing it in practice, Ashley. <clears throat> when I got oh. in the league, they added this little feature to practice, right? You're always trying to get better, always trying to find an edge. And so the goal of practice is trying to put yourself in a game time situation. So when you're in an actual game, you're ready. You've seen it already. So what do we do uh uh to get ready for crowd noise? They bring in these huge speakers. So around the practice uh, uh, Mm. field, there's these huge speakers just, like, beating down on us. And sometimes they put them on the field right behind the huddle. And so the quarterback is actually yelling and screaming all through the week as well, right? So it's not just on Sundays or game day, but it's all week they're yelling and screaming. It's a good – Yeah. It's an interesting interesting question for Dak. It's very interesting.
3: Listen – We're going to dive into that football talk a little bit later in the show, but first and foremost, we're going to go NBA heavy on the top of this hour because there is a lot to get into. Draymond Green, like I said, suspended indefinitely for swinging at Yosef Nurkic Tuesday night. Now, Draymond is expected to enter counseling and work with the Warriors and the NBA and must meet all criteria before he is allowed to return to the court. Now, being suspended indefinitely, for people who are unfamiliar with what that may mean, basically there's no timetable for his return. So unlike, you know, the suspension for the chokehold on Rudy Gobert, which was five games, this suspension will be withheld or upheld until he meets all criteria and the league and as well as the Warriors feel like the work has been done and they are, you know— they feel there's enough suffice work on their that end for him to return. So it's very interesting because Nurkic, after the incident, said, quote, that brother needs help when they asked him about it. Kevin Durant last night was asked about the suspension with Draymond. Um, obviously, Nurkic plays for the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant's teammate. He saw that Katie was not in that game. He was on the sidelines. They asked him about it after... Um, the Suns game against the Brooklyn Nets last night. And Kevin Durant said the same thing. He said, look, I really hope he gets the help that he needs. There's no place for that in the NBA. That's not the player that I played with. So basically whatever he's going through, I hope that he gets the help that he needs. Brandon, an indefinite suspension, big deal. Did the NBA get this right?
1: Yes. Yes. They got it right. Okay. They got it right. I mean there's it's a huge business and there's so many things uh that contribute to this, you know, like you said yesterday, three incidents within the first in 15 what? games. In 15 games. That's a big deal. Um and it's it's almost like it's almost like just like uh just putting him in check, right? Where it's like Draymond has this attitude and this vibe that he's the biggest and baddest in the NBA, and he's above the law, mm-hmm.
4: and so it's I fair. feel
1: I feel like that's what they're doing. But I still like if I'm a Warriors fan and I, if I'm a Warriors player, if I'm on that team, this is what comes
3: with Draymond to they're, a degree. Uh, it, it does it we, comes we, with them? We it, spoke about this yesterday. There's nothing wrong with being the enforcer on your team. You look at like a Pat Beverly, look at like a PJ Tucker. You look at like a Dennis Robin. That was their role. You know, it wasn't about dropping these insane stat lines. It was really about being the bully, the pit bull, you know, being the enforcer. There's nothing wrong with that. But the difference between Draymond and those guys is Pat Bev will get ejected into game, ejected from games because he runs his mouth to the ref. Or remember when he grabbed the camera. Or to show the ref, like, are you blind? Things like that. But he's not out there physically hurting people and not doing it repeatedly. It may sometimes happen. He may get tangled up in, in a little bit of a, a situation, but it's not a chronic behavior. With Draymond, it has come from the it has come to the point where it's no longer sporadic. And yeah, you know, you think about the 2016 finals, it came at the worst possible time. You probably wish he would have controlled his emotions a little bit more. The outcome for the Warriors would have been drastically different. He didn't control his emotions and ultimately the team paid the price. That's one of those situations where that's called a self-inflicted wound. The other situations that he sometimes has gotten himself into, you know, the Clay Thompson situation, he was defending his guy. Did he go a little bit overboard with the chokehold? Maybe, maybe not. depends on what side of that argument you're on. But having those instances sporadically through the season when you're the enforcer is expected. That's when I feel like you can say Draymond is Draymond, but we're talking now about three consistent situations in 15 games. You're now suspended indefinitely. Clay Thompson has not looked like himself. Steph needs you. He needs your defense. He needs your ball facilitating. Like now the Warriors are at yet another deficit. So I get yes I hear, and no, like that's hear, who you are, but you also got to know how I, I, to walk that line, hear, and he's gone over that, that line. Me,
1: BC and I, one of our producers here, um, we we were just talking about this before the show started, and, and so like before I even get into that conversation, first every era has a Draymond Green in all sports. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. It's not just a basketball thing. It's not just a football thing. It's not just a hockey thing. Right. Right. And so as a general manager, when you go out there and you sign these players and you re-sign these players, you know exactly the risk. You 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 know it. So I hear what everyone's saying, and it does suck. I I, I could see how uh Steph could be pissed. I could see how Steve Kerr could be pissed. I could see how the fans could be pissed. But at the end of the day, it's like we know this. And so the conversation B.C. and I got into, I asked this question I, to, to B.C., and then I'll ask, and B.C., if you want to chime in, if, if your audio is good, you can chime in because, you, you know, we started this conversation, but I'll ask Ashley the same question. It's like, if you rewire Draymond, so he's wired a certain way, right? He he straddles the line. He doesn't straddle the line anymore.
3: He doesn't? Though, that's the problem. Okay, But, no, the, this is my point. He the does problem straddle is, the is the that line. he it's no just, longer straddle. The he line. does straddle on one side this of it now. This is just
1: this is just one this is one part of the season. It's like three we don't know that games. That, that's it's right. Three games. That's right. That's right. That's right. So so he's a he's a straddler, right? That he's going he's going to break the rules. He's going to disrupt a little bit. Okay. He, has, he said A B C. Said A. <laughs> 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 just stay with <quick>. Come on, <laughs> let's not do this right now. So basically, mm-hmm. here, let me get to it, Ashley. So. If he was wired differently, if he wasn't a straddler, pause. Would they have won those uh, championships? Like, how many championships would they have won?
3: I don't know if those two things are related, though.
1: It is, though. It is, though. Because like that's the same thing. If win- Steph Curry wasn't wired the way Steph Curry's wired, they didn't uh, wired. win on. Well, but
3: they many- didn't. He. They didn't win because Draymond had these exceptional. Mm games you know what i mean it, they he's obviously right. a very intricate part but you also have to look at the warrior teams that won those championships they were stacked so him not being in the situation hurt them yes cuz you lost a little bit of your defensive edge and your and your ball facilitating but i wouldn't say that him being in the lineup was the reason that they won. So the two aren't mutually exclusive. What I'm saying is I have no problem with how Draymond approaches the game. I think every team needs an enforcer. We're getting ours back for the Knicks. They just re-signed Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson's that guy. He's that guy, born and raised in New York, Brooklyn man, Brooklyn dude. He's going to get in your face. He's going to rough you up. He's going to tell you, like, yo, what's up? Like, that. every team needs that. I have no problem with that. But the difference with Taj and a Draymond, and I'm not comparing careers, obviously. Draymond's a Hall of Famer. Taj, Taj. But Taj knows I'm gonna go ahead and play that enforcer role up until the point where it's Let, not an ma, inflicted ma, ma. wound on my okay, team. Okay, okay, okay. Because but then you this. lose watch the this. reason I'm out here, and then you're back That's where right. you started from.
1: But watch this though. Watch this, BC and Ashley. Taj ain't win no. He ain't win nothing. But I'm
3: not not comparing careers. I'm comparing the mentality of an enforcer.
1: But that's what I'm saying. saying. When we think about – really quick, BC, and then you can jump in here. But when you think about – we were talking about culture yesterday, establishing culture, Mm -hmm. championship culture. There has to be a bad guy. There has to be a guy to uh, call out. Now, he went too far with KD. He ran KD out of there. But you got to have somebody in there that can hold the superstars accountable. Like we're talking about – Accountability in the locker room. We're talking about accountability on the court. So there's levels to it. So I would say this because I hear people out there saying, well, he cost them, and you said this yesterday, and people are reiterating that this morning on ESPN. He cost them uh, a championship. Yeah, he 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 did. Okay, Ashley, you walked us through that yesterday, 2016. You you walked us through that finals, okay? Playing against LeBron and the Cavs. But if you take him out of that out of that locker room, do they, are they a dynasty? Do they win four? I don't know because a Draymond Green, B.C., is a type of dude that brings the energy every day in practice. He brings the energy every day when you're watching film. He holds the guys accountable. You need guys like that. And so I would say that there's a there's a huge chance that they don't win four championships without uh, Draymond Green. That's my
2: opinion, B.C. I, I think they actually win that one more, <clears throat> the one that they were supposed to win. Um. Again, I'm gonna use the same example analogy with Kobe Bean Bryant. He holds his guys accountable in the locker room, but he also is not gonna go out there and slap an opposing player by quote unquote accident, or or, or kick somebody in their nuts by quote unquote accident. Like he or still, step on their he, chest. He under yeah. He understands the line. Like yeah, I'm gonna hold you guys accountable. I'm gonna call you cupcake. You, you know what i mean he's going to go in on them you know, there's many stories about him going in and there's other people that yep. do the same thing jordan did the same thing they didn't go out there and act out on the court it's not about his uh contribution to the team and shit like that like yeah he is the, he is a major cog in the machine but they still win without draymond they just, put a, just yeah, they just put another just person right they, there doing no, the No, that's same not shit. true. Come on, y'all got to stop
3: yeah, this. Draymond well, Brandon, is not the reason not, why they Brandon, won We're championship. not talking about whether or not they win cha- Obviously, Draymond's an important piece to this Warriors team. That's yeah. why he's been with them so long. The, the two ideas aren't mutually exclusive. We're not negating his impact on this team. What we're saying is that his impact falls to the wayside when you're unable to control it. And at this point in That's this right. career, for whatever reason, and this is not coming just from you know a fan perspective, a media perspective, this is coming from guys who has played with him. Kevin Durant verbatim I said, I hope he gets the help that he needs. This is not the Draymond Green that I played with. There's some okay. sort of a disconnect that has made him go from the enforcer who walks that line and sometimes gets ejected. But you know what? You need that guy to somebody who now is becoming problematic to the overall so that's, outcome that's totally, of the that's team. A, that, the fact, now, that are, the fact that you are suspended indefinitely in December because you need to go ahead and seek counseling for the way that you're approaching the game. That's problematic. That is going to hurt the warriors no, when it comes listen, to their hold on, standings. Hold on. That's a whole that's, different that's, that's, that's hurtful.
1: That's, that's capped by KD. That's a whole that's a totally different conversation. Nurking said the same Dray, thing. Dray, Draymond, Draymond has been the same guy. It, this is this no. No, he new, hasn't. Let me, tell, it. You, let me tell you what he, it is. This he is what hasn't. it is. This is what it is, uh uh Ashley. When you get older, right? Like my agent used to tell me this. Excuse my language here. But when you're a superstar and you get the money and you get the fame and you get all that, you get fu money, right? And so when I was younger, the first couple years in the league, my agent was like, bro, like, he flew out to Denver and he sat me down. He said, Brandon, you don't got your fuck you money yet. So chill out, right? Draymond has that. So what we're seeing is Draymond – uh, he he doesn't care about being suspended. What a hundred thousand dollars now. This is but going to cost him problem. a little bit more, right? Okay. right what you just said—that is, is the, the same, problem. But he's always been problematic. He's always been—he's been, he's been no, suspended before. Brandon, he's been suspended before. Missed just, games. He's he's hit people before. We're talking about year
3: one, year two, year three. Brandon, what he's you just said selfish. is the problem. If you want to walk along with that mentality of I got fu money. Cool. You don't play tennis, bro. You yeah. play a team sport. Yeah. So you can't walk okay. around with that mentality to the point. What's, I'm not saying that I don't expect Draymond to ever get ejected from a game. It's not part of who he is. He's 100% going to get ejected multiple times in a season. Okay. We are talking three games in 15 games. That's almost 25%. And he'll be aligned. He'll be aligned when whatever? he comes back. Like that's. When he
1: That's comes back, he'll be straight. But when he comes back, he'll be straight. It's just ego. All I'm you saying hope, is this. This hope. is the last thing I would say on this, right, is the problem is, right, um, we try to change people. And we should we should evolve. We should get better. But Draymond I, Green, Mrs. Hall, this is the whole thing I'm saying in sports, It's 80% is mental, 20% physical. And when you mess with certain people's, uh, mindset you change their h- whole game and you can change the outcome of you know uh it's the year. not but hold on, i hold on, think hold on. that you're going, me, I, no no no, no going let me say this I'm, not, I'm i i am i am that's exactly i always go to But an nobody's asking hold him on. to change hold on no but l- yes you are because this, this is my, this How? is what i'm saying all i'm saying is this if draymond doesn't act like this draymond is not draymond on the court off the court in the locker room This is what come with Draymond. This is the risk. I'm not saying it's always good. It's the same thing, and I tried to give this illustration yesterday. You sign OBJ in his youth. You're going to get those antics. He's going to get personal fouls. He may lose a game because he gets in a fight with Josh Norman. But as an owner, as a general manager, as a head coach, you sit down and you assess the risk. And you say, are we willing to deal with this? And the answer, again, nine times out of ten with that type of production, is yes. And so the Golden State Warriors, they it's yes. They're, they, they, they've they been it, dealing uh, with it this in his entire career.
3: Again, you're jumping from one extreme to another. Nobody is asking Draymond to change. Everybody knows who Draymond Green is. He's been this way since he got into the league. The difference is, is the frequency in which it is happening and the byproduct of what happens when it does happen I'm not asking you to change the way you play I'm asking you to be more aware of what your absence does to this team there was absolutely no reason he had to slap that man in the face there was absolutely no reason that he had to put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold but even with a chokehold situation you can make more of an argument on why that transpired than you can for this. You guys got tangled up in a regular basketball play. You don't turn around and backhand somebody in the face. That is what people are talking about. It's the self-awareness of, yes, be Draymond, be the guy that we need, be that enforcer, but also know your absence affects us, so just Absolutely. walk the line a little bit more. No. Stop leaning to no, one side or the other. I that's, don't that's feel my like point. that's a big ask. That
1: That's my point. Is you can't ask players like that to 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 to, to uh, walk the line. You can't. Well, that, then they need that, to. That, you, move can't, on from you can't. You can't do that with Rod. Rod. You couldn't do that with Dennis Rodman. You couldn't out. do okay, it with Dennis Rodman.
2: Well, you well you then couldn't. they gotta be. They gotta be good with being held accountable. Then do walk the line. Then don't be mad when you get suspended indefinitely. Don't be <laughs> mad when people are out here talking about you need and help. Don't be mad when you lose. You know what I mean? Because you want to not toe the line. You want to not, you know, keep your shit in, intact and keep it in order and stay focused. So, okay, so don't get, you can't get upset. Like, Draymond can't come out now on his podcast and be like, oh, why is everybody talking about me like I have a problem? Why is it? Because you refuse to fix the issue that it keeps reoccurring, so, you so, refuse to do so it. Let so me, don't get mad when people start talking about it. Let me, last you point on this,
3: Brandon. Yeah, one. Le, Go ahead. let
2: me say this, and, and I would like to
1: clip this and put this out on social um, for Brian, our team that's listening. <clears throat> Let's not play with mental health here, right? This is not a mental health thing. Oh, Draymond needs help. No, this is ego. Okay, that's what this is. It's a big difference. There's some people that need. You don't help. think it's a
3: possibility? It's both. I
1: don't know what Listen, it's ego for him. And, and and so when you break down ego, there's so many things that can come from that, right? For Draymond, Draymond has FU money. So Draymond's going out there thinking that he's above, you know, these situations, these players and, you know, the, the rules. So I just want to be clear here that this is not a mental health thing. This is an ego thing. It's like, yo, yes, you are Draymond Green. You, you are a champion. Okay, you have a lot of money. You have amazing podcasts. And now it's just an ego check. It's simple. Do you
3: not think it's both?
1: No, possibly. No, no. Because I mean, no. I, it, can the be, is, it can be. It can't. Listen, is forcing it can be him. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah, but it, the
3: league is forcing him to take as part of the his rehabilitation. That's the problem. But that's rehabilitation. the problem. We're playing,
1: that's the problem. Is where this is how we perpetuate the stigma. Is by but what it. if oh, he a is,
3: What if it's not mental health? But is, would you consider anger management part of your mental it's health?
1: Ego. I'm telling you what it is. It's ego. No, but
3: I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying him. I'm just asking oh. in general. Would you consider somebody who takes anger management classes somebody who's dealing with their mental health?
1: It could be a lot of things. Yes, that could be. A, that could be. A, that could be a possibility. But in this situation, so if he
3: is, if it is an anger management issue, and maybe he's not, maybe he's dealing with. Anger and, and it's coming out it's ego, in his I'm telling game. you. I'm what saying that's is. what it
1: is. I know, I hear you, but what I'm, tell, I'm telling you is ego. It's that uh, he has a lot of money and a lot of celebrities and a lot of athletes deal with this, right? Like you walk into the club okay. and it's like, why am I sitting in line? You walk into the club, I want the best table, I want the best bottle. You you go to a restaurant, you got a forty-five minute wait, it's like, why am I waiting? Can I ask I shouldn't you? wait. That's that's the problem with Draymond. Draymond, we know who he is when we talk about this type of competitor, this type of enforcer, and now when you get to this phase of your career, you know you you act out, you do things like look at Will Smith. That's ego. It's ego. It's, it's no different between with w- Will Smith.
3: No, no, no. It's not the same thing. I, as someone who read Will Smith's autobiography, it's not. It, that's not ego. He has a lot of trauma from his childhood and things that he. Hasn't fully dealt with that overload to his Will, career. That's
1: ego, like, like I. I read his book. It doesn't matter about reading his book. He's he's traveled the world twenty times, fucking in darkness retreats. The Scientology. He's been doing so many things to work on himself. Right. It comes a point where you got to get over it. What it is, its is, it. I'm Will Smith. Why you keep my wife's name out?
3: No, what, I mean, your what I'm saying is, is that
0: <laughs> he, the
3: autobiography, there's stuff he hasn't dealt with that has affected his marriage, his career. Something. Like, that's what the book was, was a, a big part of it was about. There's a lot of stuff he suppressed and it affected his marriage and things like that. Like, it's not as easy as just like flipping a switch. For him, it was a lot of unresolved trauma from his childhood. That's what he was speaking about.
1: Yeah, but what and when we talk about mental health, like a lot of a lot of these challenges that we face myself included, if we ch- if we understand our ego, ego is a good thing, right? It's not something that we're trying to suppress or um do away with. No, ego is a really good thing for us. You just have to understand it. So a lot of these challenges that you know, I face and I continue to face that Will Smith, we talked about him, Draymond Green, if you actually understand your ego, then it won't turn into a behavioral challenge. It won't turn into stress, it won't turn into depression. So that's why I'm saying, and it, and it is a bigger conversation, Ashley, there's so many layers to it, but when I see this, I start with the ego, right? And so, um, you know, we can talk about this for you know another 30, 45 minutes. But I know All right, let's go ahead
3: and, and switch gears. We're gonna talk some Lebron James. Uh, LeBron James. Andrew, this is Andrew, this is kind of up your alley, Colby Covington. you you've heard the name before?
4: Yes, I have. I have heard of it. Okay, him. so Colby, Colby Covington
3: is fighting at UFC two ninety six. <laughs> and during his introductory press conference, Covington randomly took a swipe at LeBron James. Yeah, now, what? this was after LeBron was seen showing up to the USC basketball game where Bronny had his debut after going through his cardiac arrest and, and you know, his health issues. So first and foremost, God bless the James family, Bronny, everyone. That's absolutely incredible to be able to, um, you know, just – First of all, be alive, but be able to continue doing what you love to do. So that's first and foremost. Um, So LeBron was seen arriving midway through the national anthem during that game. And instead of remaining standing like the rest of the arena, he immediately sat down while the anthem was still playing. So take a listen to this.
0: You hate America so much and you don't like this country that gave you a billion dollars, leave it or come deal with me. You go to China, go to go to these sweatshops that you employ all these laborers and use these women and pay them pennies on the dollar to make your millions. Fuck you, Ludrom James. You're a coward, you're a spineless coward, and you're a bitch. Ego.
1: It's ego. It's ego. Um, he, he got money. This kid has money. Whoever his name is, he has money. It's the same thing, man. What are we talking about here?
3: I just think it's more of, Andrew, I mean, this is this is up your alley. This is a sport that you follow very closely. I know Kobe Covington, you know, just throughout little things here and there working in this space. Sometimes his sound bites come across my direction, uh, whether I want them to or not. This is kind of his MO. He's a little just like clickbaity over the top. I mean, what do you what do you make of this random swipe at LeBron?
4: No, no, for sure. Um, so Kobe is the type of guy that's like all for the lights, right? Um, He'll say anything he needs to say. He'll make racist remarks. um, Just over-the-top type of guy. But when the fight's over, if he wins, loses, he'll go and say, Hey, man, good fight, man. You know, I'm just trying to promote the fight. So, like, don't believe nothing that Kobe Covington says. It's all for the fight. Like, a lot of these fighters are just saying things to say them. But um, I don't know what his beef is with LeBron. He's just probably trying to bring his name back out because he just went through a case with uh, Jorge Masvidal, where basically he got caught slipping in these streets, and Jorge punched him, and then they basically oh. had to go to court. And they're both MMA fighters and fought in the ring, but like it's just he one of them guys with a big mouth. That's all. You, that's all Kobe is. Mm.
1: Uh, Brandon, thoughts? I'm so exhausted talking about like you know when he him talking about America and this and that like. <laughs> I'm exhausted like we already had we've had these conversations I know we're gonna have to continue to have these conversations but you know come on now do we not know right like come on like stop it bro Like you tr- trying to continue to divide um, you know our country and keep these conversations going. I mean, you're doing more damage to America than LeBron uh walking in late to a game and then sitting down during the national anthem. That's how I look at it. It's a waste of time. I'm exhausted. I don't even I'm I'm ready to move on.
3: Okay. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Giannis, the Pacers and uh the beef <gasps> over the game ball. Listen, a very wild story coming out of Milwaukee last night. Uh Giannis had a record Franchise record of 64 points. Now, he did go to the line 32 times. So just go ahead and, and put that. He attempted 32 free throws in that game. So that's, a, that's an insane number. Um, but a win is a win, and the Bucks got the win over the Pacers. Now, understandably, Giannis wanted that game ball from his historic performance. But allegedly, the Pacers actually took the ball because in the same game, Oscar Shibwe... Um, scored his first career NBA point in the form of a free throw. This is a player that uh, came from the Congo and got his NBA debut. And uh, he had his first NBA career point in the form of a free throw, like I said. So this started a whole heated exchange between both teams and actually led to Giannis running to the back of the Pacers locker room, trying to go ahead and get that game ball. And then runs back onto the court and starts beefing with Tyrese Halliburton, all the Indiana Pacers, while his teammates are standing there, um, Bucks teammates are standing there, you know, they're having this whole discussion. Bobby Portis and the Pacers were getting into it at one point in the game. The Nasus was trying to defend his brother because Giannis was getting beat up constantly throughout this whole game. But it's about the game ball that really sealed the deal. Now, the Pacers claim they had no awareness of Giannis's franchise record. They took the game ball like they do for all their guys when they have a, their first career NBA point, um, said it's unfortunate, that, you know, it turned out this way, that they were just trying to do a good thing for their guy. Giannis then said that the ball that was given to him, so the Pacers eventually gave the ball to the Milwaukee Bucks, who then gave the ball to Giannis. He then goes and claims that the ball that he has does not, quote, feel like a game ball, that it feels like a new ball. So he believes that he got duped with the basketball from his 64-point Game, Brandon. Whose side are you on in Ballgate?
1: Giannis. They was just okay. being petty. I Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, show the respect. So, uh, yeah, I'm on. I, I side with Giannis, and they probably gave him the fake ball. That's what they did. <laughs> Giannis doesn't have it. But at the, at the, But also too, though, I'm, I'm thinking about it's like, 64. It's not like. We haven't seen this before. Is it no, that important? but it's important?
3: a career and franchise record for him.
1: I know, but it's like, I don't know. I I guess I, maybe maybe I would have kept the ball too. I, I didn't think about that like, oh, you know, I broke the franchise record or the, my career record in catches. I did when it was like the NFL. Like if it was like an NFL record season or career, that was important, but. Oh, the you know, twelve catches most in a game by Jet. I got fourteen. Oh, let me keep the ball. I didn't I didn't think like that. But that is the big deal. Sixty four is a lot. I side with Giannis Ashley.
3: Okay. Um, what do you guys go ahead and feel? What about you guys in the in the booth there? B C Andrew. For me, I'll give you my standpoint on it. Like, yeah, I totally get it. Like your first career um point. In the NBA, that's absolutely incredible. Congratulations. God bless. Like I said, Oscar Shibwe is his name. Um, first career point. He, let me go ahead and make sure I have this right. I want to make sure that I got that correct. He is a, yeah, the dominic, the Democratic Republic of Congo as a teenager. So he moved from the States he moved to the States from the Democratic Republic of Congo as a teenager to pursue his basketball dreams. Last night was his first career NBA point in the form of a free throw. Um, I love that incredible story. I love, you know, stories of people pursuing their dreams and their dreams becoming a reality. But there'll be other free throws, my guy. You know, you got your jersey from the first career point. The ball got to go to the man who scored 64 that's, points. I get what... it.
4: That's what we think in the studio here. Like, one, I just, hey, by I just way, feel like buddy, it's not even a competition. Buddy, you got you know one I mean? point. You got one point. Okay, my man's had sixty-four.
2: I feel like I'm gonna be honest though. Woo, you didn't win the game either. Hold man. on, but I'll be honest like, though. Give me that ball, man. Get the get out of here. I'm not
1: saying this just to create debate, but I feel like the one point is more significant than the six. Than y'all the sixty-four. Like when I caught my first ball in the NFL, my first touchdown, like that—that that ball I wanted to keep, right? Like think about that—you that made it to points. the end.
3: In- Here's t- Brandon. You're you're comparing a touchdown to <laughs> one free throw. One,
1: one free throw. throw. It, it's he, your first missed one.
3: <laughs> it wasn't even like, and again, no shade. Like you said, he Oscar, missed one. No shade. Yeah. Amazing. I, I'm. This is amazing. I love stories like this. You didn't. It wasn't your first three pointer. It wasn't your first, you know, slam dunk. It wasn't even your first points in the paint. It was a free we're throw. We're talking about a free throw, and you missed one of them. <laughs> like, you not even the, the equivalency the to a touchdown. It's it's not even your first career if you were playing football and you were a kicker. It's not even your first field goal. Like, right. it's 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 a free throw, and you didn't even hit what's both. The hist-
1: what's the history on this? Is this a thing in the NBA where NBA players keep the ball for their first point? Well, I think – I think for no. the
3: Pacers, it's something they do within their organization that they give, you know, their rooks like the game ball from, okay. from the, first yeah. I thought the Well game then you know ball. what?
2: I
1: side with the Pacers.
2: You lost the, the
3: game. But the game ball usually goes to the best player on the winning team. On the winning squad. You lost you don't the just game. Get to How keep do you get it? the
2: game ball?
3: Like,
4: who determines the not game? No, 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 that's not game true.
3: Ball.
2: No, hold
1: on, time out. The game ball, when you get game balls, it's not in football, so it's it's not actual. It's not actually the game ball, right? Unless you are the home team. If you're the home team,
2: okay. The Bucks were the home team. <laughs> then why are the Pacers taking the I'm ball trying. to go give it to this guy? That, it makes no sense. <laughs> okay, <I'm> try <trying. laughs> again. I'm it's trying. It's
3: 64. Even if you didn't know that it was 64, and some people will go ahead and make an argument. Well, he was at the line 32 times. It's not really whatever whatever like 64 points career record franchise record it's not even a competition why you would even think that that ball belongs to you is crazy and then what kills me is that the pacers maybe 44 minutes after the game ends and this whole diabolical hits twitter they are on the pacers put out this video of oscar you know, talking about his dreams, and he said, "Just a kid who came from the United came to the United States from the Democratic Republic of Congo to pursue his MBA." And I'm like, "Okay, I respect the game. That's a guilt trip." I said, "Now the Bucks got to one up you and put a video out of Giannis and his brothers bootlegging DVDs on the streets of Athens. Like, you want to play the sympathy game? We can play." <laughs> Hey, uh, <laughs> because Giannis is a is, a, is a, we're having a humble off because Giannis can play that game too. I'm just saying. Oh
2: man, just, so if it was in Indiana. If it was in Indiana, they won the game. I can see them having a little bit more of like a, a leg on this. But you weren't it, you weren't at home. You didn't win the game. He broke the. He set a record. He gets the ball. Like I don't even understand what the argument is about. Can
4: I also just give, share with you guys his stat line? It's sure he played for six minutes. He made. <laughs> Don't shade that goal. man. He missed a two point shot and he also got one defensive rebound. That's his stat line.
2: No, but I mean, he's in the league. He made it in the league. Everybody doesn't make it to the league. Right. So, you know, congrats. Well, listen, like, good, but...
3: Speaking of making it to the league, we have a very special guest joining us in the building. I want everybody to welcome Cam Hayward to the show. What's up, Cam?
5: What's up, guys? How you doing? What I'm up, good, bro? first and
3: foremost. Congratulations on the nomination for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's absolutely incredible. Such a prestigious honor just to be nominated. Um Thank you. You know, it's an award, obviously, Obviously, for people who are unfamiliar, based in community service, based on the good you do off the field, Um, a lot of people have won this award and have done some incredible things um, based on their foundation in football, but have translated it to causes that they're passionate about. How much does being nominated for an award like this mean to you?
5: Yeah, you know, it means a lot. Uh, You know, having this opportunity to um, be nominated for my sixth time Um, Mm. It's a testament to the work I do with my community. Um, But you understand the award is done by a guy, was made by a guy um, that exceeded that. Um, That it wasn't just the team he was from, uh, the entire league recognized Walter Payton. And so, Mm. um, you know, it's an honor to be a part. There's 32 other guys that are deserving. Um, But, you know, we do win. Um, It's not just me that wins. Um, It's the people in our community, um, it's the people who have had my back, uh, and we, can, we get to continue to keep making an effort to change some things.
1: So, what up, Cam? B. Marshall here. Uh, What's up? Appreciate you in that mm-hmm. black and yellow. You know, I'm from East Liberty, so I, I, I yes, love sir. you. Yes, sir. I love you. Um, one of my goals, career goals, like high level, I wanted to win the Super Bowl. Um, there was a few personal records I wanted to break, and I also mm-hmm. wanted to uh, hold that Walter Payton Man of the Year trophy. I wanted to have that, right? Like, um, those were, like, some of the things I really wanted to lean into. So I'm sitting here on your website, uh, the Hayward House, and there's so many causes, childhood hunger, fighting cancer, childhood literacy, supporting students and teachers. Like, you're doing a lot. And there's a difference between dudes giving back. And and, and as a player, sometimes you just feel like this is what it's supposed to be. Like, you're supposed to do these things, right? But there really right. isn't no heart behind it. When I look at all your work over the years, even in our community, my community, and looking at your website, this is a whole operation. This is a whole thing. Um, what's the why behind it? You know, it's not just like – it doesn't feel like it's just I'm in the NFL and I'm supposed to do this. What's the why? The why is um,
5: being a kid from Pittsburgh um, and understanding what this community needs. Um, you know, being born here, my dad going to college here, um, I feel like I, I have that opportunity to give back um, right away. I didn't know what I was going to do when I first got to the league, uh, but being around guys like Tropa Malo, Brett Kiesel, I got to you know narrow my focus, and find out what I cared about um, because I had people in my life who, who took extra time to you know help me get to where I got to, um, and I feel like I should extend that that branch too. Um, you know, my gran- grandparents were both teachers, um, and so the school system and supporting teachers has always been big for me. Um, but being a role model in the community uh, and having kids, um, I feel like I gotta you know. Set the example for my kids, uh, but also set the example for other kids in our community.
0: All
3: right, I love that. You're definitely making the NFL, the world, and Black and Yellow proud. And Thank speaking you. of making the Black and Yellow proud, you're also making them proud on the defensive side of the ball. But I want to ask you about some comments from somebody who was on the offensive side of the ball, and that's Big Ben. He spoke about the Steeler way. Mm-hmm. Um, on his podcast recently and he said that he feels like this Steeler way ended with him and that that no longer exists are you familiar with those comments or do you <laughs> want to go ahead and listen and then respond
5: I've heard them uh, okay you know, Ben's, <laughs> Ben's entitled his opinion uh, you know I, I think on the outside you know uh, he's not in the locker room right now and he can't you know he can't say what's actually going on he's just looking from outside so uh, I don't think the Steeler way is gone Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand we lost these last two games, uh, but there's a lot of football in front of us. And, you know, the only thing I can control uh, is this group and continue to keep caring about them. Um, you know, we, we got some work to do. And the steal away is not giving up and supporting your brothers um, and making sure we put uh, the best for this community um, for Pittsburgh. So um, I don't think that's dead, and I don't think I ever will be.
1: Yep. Uh- Bro, look, you know, I, I like to get messy a little bit.
4: <laughs> Being from
1: Pittsburgh, I will say this. One, one I would like for you to describe the Pittsburgh way, and, and you might have hit on it, but I feel like accountability is a big one. And so, yeah. you know, I like what Ashley said on the defensive side. It goes back to, like, my my days, like, growing up in the nine eighties mm-hmm. and 90s. I, that, that still exists to me. Offensively, like, what is the identity and where is the accountability? Because you see guys yapping – and it's like, who is that person that's grabbing the dude? Like what he said, grabbing the dude by the face mask and like, yo, let's get in line. We're okay. Yeah.
5: You know, I, I think sometimes we think like offensive defense, offense and defense have to be separate. Uh, hmm. You know, and I think a team is a team. Um, I can go across and I can talk to some younger guys. Um, offensive guys can come on the defensive side. It's about communication. Um, and I think the accountability comes in the room. Um, sometimes not everybody gets to see that, um, but the group is the group, um, and it's not running away from a problem; um, it's attacking it. Um, I think um, everybody gets frustrated when we don't score points or we don't win a game, right? And you know, if we if we have won these these last two games, um, we would be saying, "Hey, the Steelers Steelers got a chance." But man, I, I think you can't run away from the problem; you got to attack it. Um, and you know, when, when we do make mistakes. Uh, we own it. We talk about mm. it. Uh, how can we be better? Um, you know, you can be frustrated. I've seen plenty of guys frustrated. But, but we got to reel it back in and make sure that um, we get ready for the next play.
1: So, so, listen, I got one more messy question. One more messy question. Yeah. Bro, you got your practice jersey on with a collared shirt. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> talk to Dude. me about this.
5: So, like, every day, our fr- our Fridays, which is, it's a Thursday. We play Saturday this week. Um, but every um, last practice, big practice, um, all the D linemen, we have a thing where we wear our business collar shirts because it's all about business, about all about just tightening it up, uh, and making sure um, there's no mistakes, no no lollygagging around. It's just the mindset we try to set. That's dope. That's dope.
3: (laughs) Listen, I think it's safe to say that the Steelers way may change form a little bit, but I think at its root, it's constantly the same. And I think that it's really impressive, you know, the Steelers team with all the changes that it's gone through and still trying to figure out who that franchise guy is. Maybe it's Kenny, maybe it's someone else. They've, you guys have been finding ways to win football games prior to these two losses. And that's impressive. And that I feel like is rooted in, you know, the underlying foundation of this team. So I say all that to say, you know, what do you want to see addressed with this team moving forward? And do you think that this team can be a playoff team consistently and get back to those days?
5: Well, I think the first thing is finding ways to win games. Um, But then if we could just simplify that, it's just uh, having consistent performances. Uh, I think sometimes we're just all over the place. Um, One guy's here, one guy's there. Uh, we're looking for consistent performance, uh, offense and defense. Um, you know, I think the one thing that's going unchecked and all this is defense. And that, that that comes my side of the ball. Um, if we surrender, um, if we just make them settle for field goals instead of touchdowns, that changes the outcome of that game. Um, you know, there's been great defensive uh, teams around here and we can't run from that. Um, right. Offense right. is going to have their, you know, their hiccups sometimes and they're growing. Uh, they're young, but, you know, I just look for a, a trending upwards, a, a way of everybody complimenting each other um, and we putting up points when we need to and making sure we make them set up for field goals. Mm.
3: Thank, well, Cam, I know we got to let you go, but I want to thank you so much for squeezing us into your very, very busy schedule. Um, hey, wishing business, you, a very you got the healthy... business shirt on. It's he all does. business. I'm wishing <laughs> you a happy holiday Appreciate season, you a healthy rest of your season, and then hopefully the Walter Payton Man of the Year award.
5: Let's get Thank it. you so much. Appreciate
1: you guys having me on. Thank you. All right, Cam, great dude right there, man. Yes, That's yes, one of the best yes, of the best.
3: Just, Listen, being nominated for that award six times is, is incredible.
1: Right. I mean, on the field we know who he is, and then off the field, like just look how he communicates, and he's a true leader. He's a man's man. Um, I love him, man. Great dude. I'm I'm glad well, he's on the Steelers.
3: Well, speaking of a great dude, a man's man, a man that you kind of know, I'm going to talk about your tour mate for a second. Not Russell Wilson. Wilson. I'm going to talk about your man Cam for a second because he's catching some slack on on social media for his comments about some QBs in the NFL. Now, two front runners currently for the NFL MVP award, Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. Cam Newton is not impressed by what they are bringing to the table because the former MVP and Super Bowl 50 appearing quarterback, was asked about Brock, Dak, Tua, and some other guys. And let's just say he's not impressed much. Listen Mm to this.
1: Lamar Jackson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Brack parody, like, but Brock, let's, they're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game. And if we were to put... That in its own right, as game managers, Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga-Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're, They're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's Listen, motherfucker, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer.
3: All mm. right. So look, a lot of opinions have been circulating on social media the past 48, 20, 24 to 48 hours regarding camp. Kimberly Martin of ESPN had some not so nice things to say about him. You had some people on the herd not have some not nice some not so nice things to say about him. So I'm going to say this. Obviously I disagree with his opinion when it comes to some of those quarterbacks name. I think Dak Prescott absolutely is a difference maker. not a game manager. We talk about this all the time. When we talk about tiers of quarterbacks, I feel like there are quarterbacks you win because of, and there are quarterbacks you win in you win with. Um, or in spite of, however you want to go ahead and word that. Right. So I think that that's very much true. And I think there are quarterbacks currently in the NFL, some of the quarterbacks he mentioned, I would put in that category. I don't think Dak Prescott is that quarterback. Um, we can argue the rest of them, but I will say this. I don't have an issue with the difference of opinions, and I don't have to agree with Cam. I'm a Cam fan. I was a Cam fan when he was playing. I still am a Cam Newton mm-hmm. fan. I think that this feedback that he's been getting, like, well, you're sitting at home. We're not going to forget that Cam Newton was an NFL MVP. That's We're right. not going to forget that Cam Newton led his team in rushing as a quarterback. We're not going to forget that Cam Newton brought the Carolina Panthers to Super Bowl 50. And yes, it wasn't the performance or the outcome that the team wanted, but he brought them there. Almost single-handedly. We're not going to forget that Cam Newton had some incredible seasons with not so many pieces. So, like, you can disagree with the man's opinion. That's fair. But all this, like, who's Cam to give his opinion? He's an NFL MVP. His opinion may be wrong. His opinion may not be a great one. You may not agree with it. That's cool. I don't agree with it. But I'm never going to go ahead and say who's Cam to be talking about this. Cam Newton was him. And right. we're not going to forget, and we're not going to have selective memory. Like he wasn't a dog because right. he was a dog, right? Right. Like that. That's that's my only issue. Is like the pushing back of his opinion is cool, but let's not let's not rewrite history. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. One of the things I would say that I, I will say is this. You know, earlier this morning we had a uh, a radio hit to do for a show that's uh, Tuesday in Atlanta, our second uh, stop, and so mm-hmm. we were on the radio at eight thirty this morning. And he backtracked on Dak. He backtracked on Dak. He said, he said, I probably went too far on Dak. So they asked okay. him about it. He was like, I probably went too far on I Dak. Respect Prescott. That back, Kim. I
3: respect that, Cam. I respect that. I
1: respected that too. He you know, he said, listen, I stand on what I said. Dak, I probably went a little too far. Uh, but this is let me let me say it again. This is what I meant, right? And so, um, so the the names was Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. Who else did he throw Doc? out there? Who? Goff and Tua. Goff Goff and and Tua. Tua. Mm Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott early in the year was managing the game, a lot like Russell Wilson, right? Um, Now he is a difference maker. Um, And also, you know, when you think about guys like Cam, Cam, the way he does it, it's a lot of flair. Mm-hmm. He's very and, and Atlanta. Y- 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 well, well, I'm talking about like the plays, like you know Lamar Jackson highlights.
3: Very Atlanta. He plays like he plays like a real college right. football. I mean, backyard football type of vibe. Like, yeah, that's always like been he's his just team. it's just different. Yeah.
1: So, but when you think about a Dak Prescott, Dak, what, what's what's impressive about Dak right now? It's his operation. Remember, Tom Brady was talking about like, kind of like the art is is we're losing it a little bit. He was talking about the physicality and the game. But Dak Prescott is playing the game like Tom Brady, like Peyton Manning. He's getting to the line of scrimmage. He's identifying, you know, uh, the front, the mic and setting the front and the protection, excuse me, um, getting them in and out of good plays, bad plays. It's beautiful to watch. It's like my era of quarterbacking. And so that a simple, is a difference. So, before is you finish diff-
3: that thought – Go ahead. Before you finish, I thought to simplify that for the listeners. Basically, it's you're saying he plays just without all the flair. It's very fundamental quarterback. Yeah. Type but football. that's the difference. It's not as. Ex- yeah. Yep.
1: And, and and that is and that is the difference maker for Dak Prescott is that Dak is going out there and he's beating you with your mind. You know, like the, the, the quarterback position, man, I realize how. Mental it was when we brought in Coach Trustman in Chicago and Jay Cutler went down. Then we put Josh McCown in at quarterback and he ran a, he ran our offense so efficient was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then also have you know having the opportunity to play with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now obviously Ryan turns the ball over at he turned the ball over at times, but how does a guy like that last that long in the NFL? It's mm-hmm. because he's playing in between the airs, and so that's what separates Dak from most quarterbacks now, he may be, uh, he may, he may be playing the game higher than anyone else, uh, from a mental standpoint. Now, Purdy, Purdy has flair. Purdy can make plays, but Purdy doesn't have to go out there and do it. I think mm-hmm. if, if he, if, if he had to, you can see, you know, him throwing the ball, uh, you know, uh, across the field. You know, against the grain. Um, you know, he can beat you with his feet a little bit. Like I do think Purdy has it. Golf. I think he's a game manager. I, I really do. But he's smart. He's like a he. Put, I, he's he's like a Josh McCown um, mm-hmm. with a little bit more. And the other guy was Tua. Tua's interesting, Ashley.
3: He's like a combo.
1: Yeah, he's interesting because. <laughs> Accuracy. Those are big plays. Like those, those deep balls that Tyree kill. You know how many times, you know, receivers we, we we're wide open and the ball is short or overthrown. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a difference maker right there. For him to get the to deliver the ball on time and put it on the money, that's a big deal. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. I don't know. I'm torn on Tua, Ashley.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that, like I said, I think game managers do exist, and I don't want to say that that's a knock to the talent of a specific quarterback. Some systems don't require much of a QB. I think that some systems are just so well oiled and so focused on other aspects of an offense that you don't necessarily need a quarterback who's going to go ahead and go above and beyond. For example, when we talk about a Jimmy Garoppolo, when Jimmy was in new England and even when he was in San Francisco He was a game manager because he didn't have to be anything more than that. The Mm -hmm. system was conducive to basically work around the quarterback. I just need you to not throw interceptions. I just need you to throw short passes, little dump passes, and we'll take care of the rest. There are some football teams that are constructed like that. Now, when you're talking about a Baltimore Ravens, when you're talking about a Dallas Cowboys, when you're talking about some of the other uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, The team is heavily reliant on what the quarterback does and how well the quarterback plays. It's not, especially the Cowboys now. A few years ago for the Cowboys, it wasn't so much reliant on the quarterback because it was a very run-heavy offense. I just need you to hand the ball off. The running back, the offensive line will do the rest. Now that that running back era has shifted throughout the league, specifically in Dallas, you see it's more responsibility on the quarterback's shoulders to make those plays to make things happen. So the game manager thing is very real, but I also don't want people to think that like, when Cam says it or when anybody says it, it's saying that insert quarterback name here doesn't have talent. It's just that you don't necessarily need to have the most talented tier one quarterback in order to win football games because the team's constructed to even have a tier two, maybe a bottom tier two guy who can just go ahead and do the fundamentals, do the little things, and we can still win football games. And then there are teams like the Denver Broncos, like some of the teams that I mentioned, the quarterback has to be on his P's and Q's because he's a big part of what makes that machine go. So it's not a knock to the QB. It's just the reality, I feel like, of how leagues construct certain teams. And that's interesting
1: because that's that's what he said as well. Uh, Was this yesterday when we were on the phone? I think maybe this was offline. uh, Cam said something. He was like, it's not a bad thing. He said, I was actually trying to become that. Right? It's like, how do I – oh, I can throw a two-yard screen to – Christian McCaffrey or one of my guys tag in, and they're going to take it for Ooh. twenty thirty. Like I don't have to make all the plays. Mm-hmm. So he said he was actually he struggled to actually become that, but that's what he wanted to become. So uh, it's an interesting conversation, interesting debate, and he we we have like a joint collab or a post. And all you know, I'm all, I'm all this years has been crazy. And these last couple months been hot on me. So like I'm looking in our comp in the comments. And it's like, you don't know football. What are you talking about now? Da, 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 da. I'm like, what the hell did I say this time?
3: <laughs> What's going telling on? A, telling a former MVP <laughs> that he doesn't know football is insane. Like, it's insane. I know.
1: I know. Because <laughs> you're
3: telling me that you, who plays Madden in his mom's basement, knows the game better than I do? Like, that's insane. Um, Again, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You can disagree with an opinion. You can agree with it. You can be somewhere in the middle. But I think that we also got to remember, like, Cam Newton is Cam Newton. This is Cam Newton, who went from Florida to community college to Auburn, won a national championship. This is Cam Newton, who's the NFL MVP. This is Cam Newton, who led his team in rushing as a quarterback. This is Cam Newton, who brought the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. This is Cam Newton, who had Jeezy and Future on the sidelines. Like, let's not forget, who cam is so right everyone can disagree agree whatever but make sure you do your googles because google, <laughs> yeah, make google sure is do free your
0: googles. Um. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th,
1: Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is hard
5: time. I stole my version. I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
6: Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean...
3: Listen, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk Kareem Jackson. So if you remember, Kareem Jackson was suspended twice this season for illegal hits and recently met with Roger Goodell about those hits. Well, Jackson said he didn't get much clarity from Goodell. Instead, he was told that he, the defensive player, is responsible for the offensive player's protection. And Jackson says, quote, I'm not really sure how I protect myself. Make plays and protect him. Insert whoever's name you want there. Um, Brandon, I know obviously you were on the other side of the ball. So I wish B flow was here to give us, you know, the defensive perspective, but this is something that we talk about often. I feel like we had this conversation a few days ago when we were talking about um LT and how he was in agreement with Tom Brady's um sentiments about how the league has shaped up since he was playing. And he said, look, I don't even know if I'd be able to play in this type of football, this modern football era, because I'd probably be suspended like all of the time. I probably owe the league a lot of money. And we say that, look, um, it is, I think there needs to be some fine tuning Because I do think that it's gotten to the point where you're taking away aspects of what makes football, football, it's a dangerous, aggressive, violent sport, but they're trying to remove so much of that from the game. And if you're a defensive player specifically, it takes away from how you're supposed to play your game like it's almost like well what am I supposed to like what can I do. Because right. I can't touch the quarterback a certain way. I can't tackle at the knees. I can't do like, it almost makes you afraid to play defense. And we've seen that outcome in various games. So hearing what Jackson had to say, knowing the conversations that we've had about this very thing, hearing some of the OGs have these conversations. I mean, what do you think about what Jackson had to say?
1: I feel for him. You know, it's unfortunate. You know, it's it's really tough. Like I'm one of those guys, and you know this, that I embrace. A lot of these changes because of um, our health, you know, uh, especially the head. And so, taking the head out of the game uh, is smart, and it's important for it's important to me. Um, But you put the guys in a tough position. I not necessarily around the head, right? But like, it's tough for them to protect themselves when they're going in, and it's like, I gotta. Take my foot up off the gas, but then a wide receiver, or the running back, can lower their shoulder and come in full throttle. So they're definitely at a disadvantage, and I feel for them. And there needs to be uh, more advocacy for the defenders, and there needs to be some changes, some tweaks, where they're not the ones that's heavily fined every single year, and the game um, isn't putting them in a position where they can't protect themselves. So. Um, I feel for some of our defenders, and then there's some guys out there that just don't get it. And and I haven't seen all of Kareem Jackson's hits. You know, I, I've seen like one or two of them where it's like, yeah,
3: There's only, only been two that he got suspended for, and they were both hits to the head.
1: Correct, but there's he's like a you know he's a repeat offender.
3: This season, when it comes to getting, I mean, when it,
1: miss, it comes to yeah. getting fined, right? You don't not all hits uh, will will get you a you know a suspension. So when you, when you continue to lower your head and your, your head like that, then this is what's going to happen. So there's some guys that just ignore the rules, like it is what it is. I'll just take the fine, which I don't understand it because we're talking about $40,000, $50,000 a hit, which is ridiculous. And so those guys, you got to adapt. And if that's what you want to do, you're going to be fine. And, and, and I support the NFL on that. Like you can take your head out of the game.
3: So, I mean, do you are you surprised by the lack of clarity, if you will, that Kareem says he received from Roger Goodell regarding, you know, the suspension, his suspension, um, what as a defensive player he's supposed to do. Does that surprise you that he walked away from that still very much unaware or um and informed about, or uninformed about? Okay, so what can and can I do? Right.
1: No, because uh, we know. You, you, you know, like the, the, So like, you're
3: saying he knows. He just asks a yeah, question. He knows the answer to.
1: Right. Like we've been oh. having these conversations like like this for years. Even been on Inside the NFL for a very long time with Ray Lewis. We've had so many conversations like this, and you have guys like that. Like, what do you want us to do? Well, you. They're telling you what to do don't lead with your head. Don't throw the quarterback down. Don't, what is it called? The, the call cowboy collar or whatever they call it. Don't horse, horse, horse collar. collar. Don't horse collar. Like they're telling you what to do. It's not that hard to listen. Now, a lot of us are just being hard headed because it takes, you know, the toughness out of the game and it may take some of your edge, but it's for the bet best. It's for the betterment of the, the 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 players and the league. So, you know, defenders, I feel you, but it is what it is.
3: All right, listen, Brandon got no sympathy for you guys on the other side of the ball. Right. Um, let's go ahead and move on. We're gonna play a little game of who you got. So this is when we look ahead at some of the biggest matchups. Uh, coming up in week 15 of the season, I believe it is. Yeah, week 15. Wow. Just flying on by. And uh, we're going to go ahead and make our predictions of what quarterback we're putting our money on and what matchup. So we're going to start with my Dallas Cowboys. They're traveling north to the bitter cold of Buffalo to face the Bills. Now, This is also was a must win for the Cowboys if they hope to stay in the race for the NFC East and number one seed in the NFC. As you know, the Eagles lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Dallas Cowboys. So now the boys and the birds are tied up and it's a race to the finish. Every game counts moving forward. So who you got? Zach Prescott. Or Josh Allen? You don't got to ask me because you already know my answer. So I'm going to give you the floor on
1: this This is a tough one. I mean, Dak Prescott is hot. He's playing amazing ball. And it's not just, and we talked about this earlier, it's not just, you know, the yards and, you know, the wins. It's his process. (laughs) It's so cool seeing him break the huddle and just take the, team through this entire operation. It's a beautiful thing to see. Um Josh Allen is streaky. Um Josh Allen could go he could throw for 400 450 yards this game. He really can. Like that's Josh Allen. They have this energy, they're energized because they're they're back on track. If the, you know, it probably feels good in Buffalo right now, so they're coming in with a lot of momentum. I wouldn't be surprised This is an amazing game, but I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Um, I just don't see him. I don't see him going the other way. Like, I I truly believe this momentum is going to carry them into the postseason. And I disagree with your dad. And I disagree with your dad. We had Mr. Jeff come on, you know, come in Ashley's at-home studio before the show started, and I asked him about the Cowboys. And I won't give too much information out there because, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't ask him. But... One of the things that he said was what? You know?
3: That he thinks that the Eagles may still win the division because we have a tougher schedule and there is a cakewalk.
1: I think the Eagles, I think the Cowboys went out. That's where I disagree with your dad. I think the Cowboys went out.
3: I think it's very possible that we went out. I actually think that the Eagles will lose one. I'm on a different side of the conversation than he is, but we shall see who is right and who is wrong. Um... This game is, I'm not quite sure which quarterback matchup we'll actually get. Um, It's a big matchup in the AFC between division leaders. We have the AFC best Baltimore Ravens heading to Jacksonville to um, face the Jaguars. Now, as we know, Trevor Lawrence has a high ankle sprain, I believe. Um, Let me go ahead and actually look up here if Trevor Lawrence will even be available to play this game because that is going to be a big deal. Um, well, I felt
1: like I felt like uh he he went out there in practice or he was out there on the field so I would be shocked that I mean he could go either way. Darren Good. Guthrie-
3: well listen, let's go ahead and pl- obviously if Lamar Jackson faces the Le- Trevor Lawrence Jacksonville Jaguars, I feel like it's safe to go ahead and pick Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens to win this one, mm. even if it is in Jacksonville. Um, but let's go ahead and say in a perfect scenario, oh, Lawrence played last week. Okay, awesome. Did not know that. He's playing this week. Perfect. So here we go. Lamar Jackson and Trevor Lawrence will both be the quarterbacks playing, God willing. So who you got? Lamar or Trevor?
1: Yeah, Lamar just came out, right? Uh he was asked the question about MVP and he said it's flattering. Basically it's flattering and it's it's uh it's cool to be in a conversation. But he has his eye set on a different trophy. And so I just think that when you're just in that type of pocket, you know your focus, you're in the zone, it's hard to not perform at a high level. For that reason, I'm going with Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence. it's tough. He does a lot in the pocket and outside the pocket, right? Like he's, he's an extremely mobile quarterback. He creates a lot of plays. And so being on one leg is going to be tough. You know, he may not be fully back to himself until postseason. So I'm going ride with Lamar Jackson right now, and he still hasn't had that game. What game can we go back to say, oh, that was Lamar Jackson? What play? Like he literally has just been sitting back chilling on, on, on the league. I'm still waiting for Lamar Jackson just take off for 60-70, jump over somebody, spin, dive in the end zone. Like I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that 350, 400-yard game. I don't even hmm. know if he – has he had that yet? I got to look him up. I don't know. I'm going with Lamar.
3: All right. I'm going to actually go Lamar too. I, I um. I don't know. I just feel like that – I'm like going with all the momentum. I like going with all you know the flow. I, I believe in the hot hands. I believe in all that. I just feel like the Ravens are clicking and they've been clicking. Um, that's not to knock the the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I don't feel like there's much of a home field advantage. in Duval, I, I don't, I don't feel like that's going to be something that's going to affect the Baltimore Ravens in any capacity. Also, you're going from playing in the cold to playing in relatively warm weather, so that eliminates a lot of the disadvantage. Right. I just feel like you know, the Ravens the Ravens are prime and and, and ready for a really really good run that's to right. end the season. That's right. Um so that's not knocking. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is is far off from top quarterbacks in the NFL at all though. So I wouldn't sleep on them. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. But I do think if I had to go ahead and, and make a prediction, I'm definitely going uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, All right. I, think I, I think they're about to start peaking.
1: I think they're about to start peaking. I got are one saying, for like, you. you mean? All right, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: You ready? Yep. All right, big question. I already know the answer to it, but Russell I'm, I'm going to ask you anyway. Russell the Broncos, they're traveling <laughs> to Detroit, the Motor City, for a huge game against the Lions on Saturday night. Now, Detroit has been sliding, but actually, check this out. They are a four-point favorite. Shut up. To cool off Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. So, Brandon, who you got, Russ that's- or Jared Goff? I'm going to give you the floor to rant a little bit, so go ahead.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know I was. That's so disrespectful. Four points. That's a blowout in the NFL. Are you kidding me? This is the same Detroit Lions team that lost to the Packers. This is the same Detroit Lions. Lions team that lost to the Bears. Now, y'all like the Bears, but come on now. We just wrote everybody off in the whole organization. This is a team that's supposed to be a contender this year. I don't know, Ashley. I think they, uh, this is a game where the Broncos could potentially blow these boys out. I'm going with Russell Wilson, of course. Um, just like I was talking about Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson had one game where, uh, that game that I was talking about, can he, you know, throw for 350 yards, et cetera, et cetera. And that was against the Detroit Lions. So he did that probably like six, seven weeks ago, uh, 357 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'm waiting on that type of game uh, for Russell Wilson. And this could be that game, right? Like think about where he's at mentally. Figure, Think about how he's been looking physically. But we haven't seen that huge, huge game, that game where it's like, oh, Russell Wilson was the reason why. Well, you, we, we've we had moments. I can't say that. Like, he's been uh, 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 a magician on third down. He's been a magician in the red zone. I can't say that made some huge plays. But I'm talking about a game where he dominates from first quarter until the fourth quarter. I haven't seen that yet. And this, is, this, this has to be the game. There's four games left. You got to blow the brakes off these boys. And I think it's going to happen. I, I haven't been wrong on the Broncos all year. Have I, have I been wrong at all? Nope.
3: No. No. Nope. Now, listen, the fact that Detroit is a 4-point favorite means nothing to you?
1: Yeah, it is. It's disrespectful. <laughs> and and are like this the whole Vegas stuff like what? Like why? How did what? The, the Broncos defense? Come on. No. I don't see it happening.
3: Okay, so I have another question for you a follow-up here. We talk about the AFC I think that they're, you know, unlike the NFC where I feel like there's only three teams really who are actually, you know, top dog. And I think that's safe to say it's the the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Fair? Yes. Okay. Uh, Excuse me. So maybe, I mean... Mm, maybe you can th- you want to throw Detroit in there
1: what, what are you talking? What? no we're not throwing Detroit in there what have I been saying the last couple of weeks no we're I'm not I'm just
3: saying the- you want to go top four top three or you're not going to put the- you're not going to put Detroit in there mm. I think you have to put Detroit in there based on record alone top
1: four so NFC let's just go ahead. teams let's, top let's four play NFC top four teams? and let's
3: go top four in, in the NFCs: the Lions the Eagles the Cowboys and the Niners fair hold on, right? hold on
1: hold on hold on let me hold on Dallas, Eagles, San Fran, damn.
3: You got to. Top four. Okay. Now, I feel like in the AFC, there's a little bit more dip on the chip where it can go a plethora (laughs) of different ways. Now, yes, you have your top dogs, but I also feel like, listen, Chiefs are struggling. They haven't looked so hot. Baltimore is peaking at the right time. You're on the Broncos, you know Brandon Brandon's Broncos Super bandwagon. Bowl. Um, so I want to say right now, how many teams currently are better than the Broncos in the AFC?
1: In the AFC currently,
3: yeah, just in that conference, how many teams are currently better than the Denver Broncos?
1: One and a half. Who? And the and the half team is just like yeah, it's 50-50. The Baltimore the half Ravens, the Chiefs. I'm assuming. Nope. No. They split with the Chiefs, and they should have beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead the, the first time they played them.
3: Well, you don't think the Chiefs are better? No. Even with all the things that they've been going through who are they, better than the Broncos?
1: No, who did they just lose to, too? The Chiefs just, who did they lose to? No, the Broncos, they're going to win a division. They're one game behind. So I, I got the Baltimore Ravens better. Mm-hmm. It's not even better. They're just... They've been in the pocket a little longer, but the, the, I got them and I got the Miami Dolphins, and that's, a, that's the half one, the Miami Dolphins. Other than that, the Broncos the Broncos could be anybody in the AFC, anybody. And like I said, this young man, Russell Wilson, start cooking. We're talking about that 350-yard game, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, which he's more than capable of doing. We've seen this. We've seen him do this five, six, seven games in a row. If that happens, I'm telling you, look out. And the cool thing is, they don't need, they don't need for him to do that. But I just want him to be ready. Like, all right, well, y'all need me to turn up. All right, let me turn up. Let's go. And Jerry Judy gotta bounce back. Jerry Judy gotta step up. They gotta and they gotta do a good job of getting Jerry Judy in, in, involved. They do that with Courtland Sutton. Courtland Sutton may be one of the hardest receivers in the league right now. Now his his stats ain't showing that but he's making big play after big play after big play week after week after week after week. He is the difference maker right now on that offense. I got the Denver Broncos second best right. team in the AFC right now. And that's just going 1 and 5. We're not we're not counting the first 6 games of the season. We're not counting that.
3: You're freaking <laughs> you're funny. You're a funny guy. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. Justin Fields, Joe Flacco. This is going to be an interesting uh, conversation here because Cleveland right now under the radar game between these two teams currently playing really good football. The suddenly surging Bears face the Browns and their new leader, Joey Flacco. Joe Flacco, but I like Joey Flacco. So who you got, Justin Fields or Joe Cool?
1: Mm, I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Why? Yeah, I, I Joe Flacco. It's the same situation. Like, I, 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 cool story. Um Cool story, bro. It's cool, cool <laughs> story. But I mean, coming off the street, it, it may be another Josh Dobbs situation, right? Play hot for a couple of games, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, that, y- y'all don't remember Joe Flacco. Y'all don't remember? How, y'all don't remember the uh, the the playbook? Y'all remember how we used to play Joe Flacco?" Oh, I got it here. Let me pass it around now. Like, that's what's going to happen uh, in Cleveland. Justin Fields, you know I'm high on Justin Fields. Everybody was on the right side, on the left side of the road with Justin Fields. I was on the right side saying, stick with him, stick with him, stick with him. Watch what he do. I'm telling you. They're not going to go get a quarterback. Justin Fields is going to have a monster game. And I don't know how it's going to look. It could be 150 yards on the ground. It could be 300 yards passing. Who knows? But he's going to have a big game.
3: Now, listen, are you concerned at all the fact that, look, the Bears are winning? And a lot of people Hmm. thought that this was a team that was going to lose out or not lose out, but not win enough games to even be in this situation. And that was going to go ahead and help determine kind of where their future ended up being in terms of the quarterback situation. Obviously, they continue to fall further and further out of contention for a top draft pick. So do you believe then that we're looking at a situation where perhaps the contention between Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears have dissipated and they're all in on this guy?
1: I think it's it's still contingent on how he finishes the year. You know, I think that he has to continue to show show well, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the draft, right? Who knows what Miss McCaskey's thinking? She's about to turn 100 years old, and I'm being serious there, you know, because I usually I call it like Jerry Jones, there, but like 800. She really is about to turn 100 years old. Like, can we fact check this, please? Woo, how old is Virginia McCaskey? Sharp as a whip. Still involved, still be pissed off and angry if it ain't getting done. So, yeah, I don't know her mindset. I don't know their mindset, right? But I think that uh, these last four games are critical for Justin Fields. He knows that, and I think he'll get it done. And And they'll build around him, and they'll be right where they need to be next year.
3: What is this picture you just sent me, Andrew?
1: <laughs> Who's that, Miss McCaskey? 100 years old. She's 100. She's literally 100
4: years old. Yeah, that's her right there. She had her birthday this year on she about to be 101 January 5th.
1: Oh that's wow. That's
3: amazing, guys. That's incredible. Stop it. Wow.
1: And and I, I so like I man, that's I used to get so mad. I wanted I wanted I wanted to win a Super Bowl for her so badly. She's so nice, so amazing. I love Miss McCaskey.
3: I think that's incredible.
1: Yeah, she deserves it. But, you know, she might have to be around to 120. Ms. McCaskey, yay. I know you want it. I know you want it bad. Man, y'all got to make some major moves this offseason. Major. Major. They need one more playmaker. They need two more playmakers on offense. And they need a a linebacker and, and another DN. They just need another swing, man. That's what they need.
3: All right. Listen, we got one more for you, right? This is going to be interesting. We have the six and seven Bucks right now. They're heading to Green Bay to face the six and seven Packers after a bad loss in New York on Monday night. So, who you got, Baker Mayfield or Jordan Love?
1: I'm in love with Jordan Love. Jordan Love's nice, man. Shout out to Jordan Love. Great job. Can you imagine the pressure on that kid coming into this year and probably still? Brett yeah, Favre, sure. Aaron Roger, now you. Now you. And he goes out there and starts off decent. Then he starts struggling. Then he gets uh, Brian Gutenkoos comes out and says, we're not sold. The second half of the season is going to determine a lot. Since Brian Gutenkoos said that, that boy been balling. The boy been playing. Jordan Love is QB1. Now and for the future. So I'm going with Jordan Love, Ashley. Who you got?
3: Hmm, I don't know. Baker and um the Bucks have been looking a lot better oh, than no, I anticipated.
1: Stop it. stop it. Everybody in that division. Let me talk about you compared to everybody in the division six to seven, I feel like. And you got the Panthers, what one game? Please. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, but am
3: they- I lying though? Or are you are you not at all surprised by the, the Bucks?
1: I I'm, I'm I'm uh 6 and 7 no I, I mean I'm not excited about the Bucks but what I am I, I think that Baker Mayfield showed this year that he can be a starting quarterback in this league right like we didn't know what was going to happen with Baker right like Baker could have just been a career back, uh leaned into a being a career backup but I think uh this year has showed a lot of people that Baker Mayfield can be a guy for you for sure
3: All right Well listen Um, We shall see a lot of one more thing on Jordan Love. I mean, we've seen six and seven Packers, which I think is fair to say that it's a lot better than many people anticipated, myself included. I think when we went ahead and did our two early playoff predictions, I don't think either of us thought much of Green Bay um, post Aaron Rodgers, especially because. In all fairness, we hadn't seen much of Jordan Love. Right. Really didn't know what kind of quarterback he was gonna be, didn't know what kind of quarterback he was. Um, with all that said, six and seven right now have had some impressive wins against some teams this season. Has he done enough to show the Packers and the fans that listen, I'm the franchise guy now?
1: Absolutely. He is okay. So they found
3: their new franchise quarterback post Aaron Rodgers. That's
1: right. That's their guy. I mean, and and when we say franchise quarterback, I just think that like he, the next four years, like yes, we 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 could invest in the next four or five years for sure. So I, I mean, he signed a deal. I think it's a one year deal. So he'd probably be playing for another contract next year. Yeah, I think that's your guy for the next couple of years for sure.
3: All right. Not mad at it at all. Listen, we're going to talk some Miami Dolphins right now. Uh, the Dolphins have a big decision to make for the next few weeks. As we know, Tyreek Hill, he's been dealing with injuries all season, but it was an ankle injury on Monday Night Football against the Titans that not only caused concern for Tyreek Hill, the Miami Dolphins, but also their fans. Now, the Dolphins currently are 9-4 and four with a two-game lead on Buffalo for the division. Buffalo, as we know, will face my Dallas Cowboys this weekend. Um, But they're also fighting for the number one seat in the AFC. And Tyreek Hill, as we already know, is having an MVP season close to making absolute history. Now, there's a tricky situation here at hand if you're the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, if you're going to go ahead and make a run, not only for the remainder of the rest of the season, but we're talking postseason, you need Tyreek Hill. I don't think people realize how much of the offense is centered and focused on Tyreek Hill. And I think that that became a reality for many people when you removed him from that game, even for that short window of time, he comes back and then he's not really quite himself. He's not as explosive as he normally is clearly, you know, dealing with that injury, the ankle injury was just nagging him all game. So you see what the team looks like without him there, without him there in any capacity. So you want him for the long haul. But also if you're Tyree Kill, you want that 2,000-yard season. Y- you need that 2,000-yard season. And by byproduct, your team needs you in those games, especially with just a two-game lead on Buffalo, who seems to maybe be in a position to make some noise. So if you are the Dolphins, are you resting Tyree Kill until his ankle is close to 100% and letting the chips fall where they may these last few games? Or are you saying, like, we're going to tape it up and we're going to figure it out? What are you going to do?
1: If I'm the Dolphins, I'm playing him. I'm playing them for a few reasons. One, there's still uh, playoff implications uh, heavily involved here. These last four games, a lot can change home field advantage to, hell, even they, they could potentially not even win their division. Buffalo's two games behind with four games to go. We've seen a lot of things happen down the stretch in the NFL. You got the Jets, the Jets just – I don't know what the hell Zach Wilson uh, took, but, I mean, can they do it again? Then you have the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. You have to play Tyreek Hill. And and also, Ashley, this is the name of the game. This is the business. I said this a few times on our show, right? Like, the good ones find a way to be good when they're hurt, when they're dealing Mm -hmm. with something. So Tyree Kill, like, this is a part of the business. Hell, there's probably three or four things Tyree Kill has dealt with this year and played through that we just don't even know of. So um, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm playing Tyree Kill. If I'm Tyree Kill, I'm playing Tyree Kill, right? Like, you don't get these opportunities. Like, this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for real. It really is. Like, to be able to to potentially eclipse 2,000 yards – like, you, 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 there's so many things that, that 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 goes into that. Offensive line play, receiver on the other side. Is he good enough to pull coverage to help you continue to get open? Uh, the play caller, the quarterback, Tua. Tua could miss. Like, Tua's been accurate. Like, somebody's amazing ball. He's wide open, and Tua puts it right there. Sometimes these quarterbacks miss. The greatest of, uh, of D. So, Tyreek Hill, you got to go out there and play. Four games left. He needs to average 114 yards uh, per game to eclipse 2,000 and become the MVP. And if he doesn't win MVP, when he eclipsed 2,000 yards, asking Nicole Moss, guess where I will be? Do you remember where I, where I would be? You'll be what? at a
3: Times Square billboard for 24 hours. Come holla
1: at me. No, actually, I said I didn't say if he loses. I said I'm going to campaign for him. So when he clips, I'm going to do it regardless. So leading up to... NFL honors, I'm going to be in Times Square, and I'm going to be campaigning for Tyreek Hill. I'm going to have a nice big blanket, probably a heated blanket, some gloves, put my (laughs) snowboarding gear on, uh, have some coffee. Like, what is it, a canteen? Canteen is what keeps it hot. I'm going to have one of those things. Might have some soup in one and coffee in the other. Come holler at me. Tyreek Hill, MVP. I see people talking about – uh McCaffrey too. That's heating up the last couple days. I know I'm getting off topic here. I'm like man, this dude could have over 1500 yards rushing and 700 plus yards receiving and 25 total touchdowns. Woo! Why aren't we talking more about him? That's interesting. But I think we've seen this before. Have we seen it before? 25 touchdowns, 1500 yards, 700 yards. Have we seen that before?
3: Ah. I don't know if I've seen it in my lifetime. Have you seen it? I don't know. You know, you're (laughs) old, so.
1: (laughs) I am old. I am there. Um, 1,500 yards, seven on the ground, 700 uh, through the air, 25 total tubs. I don't know. Uh, That's a stat. That's a stat line. So maybe it's one, Tyreek Hill, two, McCaffrey, and then three, Dak, four, Another quarterback. I just, I'm just high on if I seen it before, and then there's something I haven't seen. Then I need to go with the unseen. Like we Mm -hmm. haven't seen Tyreek Hill do this. Maybe McCaffrey. This is something that we haven't seen. So I feel like when we talk about MVP, that's how I, that's how I, I tend to, uh, you know, look at it.
3: All right. Listen, the Philadelphia Eagles. They were rolling high, rocking and rolling, moving and grooving, as Clyde Frazier would say. But the Eagles have lost two straight. And to be fair, their losses have come against two of the arguably the best teams in the entire league, one of them being my Dallas Cowboys. And um, clearly something isn't right with Jalen Hurts and the offense. The defense is getting gashed, especially on the ground. Uh, biggest reason, Brandon, from your observation that the Eagles have lost these last two games. Is it just fatigue or is it a little bit of you peaked the wrong time?
1: Defense, what's going on? That secondary, right? Mm. They were really good last year. Now they're, what, t- ranked 29th, 30th against the pass. That's a real problem. And so a, so a lot of times, right, like their your front seven covers up a lot, right? Like I've seen average DBs become great or look great because they only have to cover for a second, right? And so when you look at the film, you got to look at the entire, the, the entire thing defensively is the scheme, you know, is it not as effective anymore? They're not getting pressure on the quarterback with their front four when they do throw pressure or they get into the quarterback. And now it's putting a lot of pressure on that secondary. And that's what mm-hmm. Debo Samuels was talking about, right? He's like, he said it last year and he, he doubled down on it before they played two weeks ago. And they exposed him. Tackling, that's it, like fundamentals. So you block him up, you put pressure on that secondary, game wide open. And I think that's the challenge for them. And so now it puts pressure on that def- on that offense where we're behind. Now we got to go from being a, a balanced attack to throwing it every play. That's not what the Eagles are. Yeah, they got uh two amazing wide receivers and Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts isn't a guy that, you know, c- consistently beat you, throwing it 35, 40 times a game. No. The thing that makes them special is that they can beat you on the ground, and they can beat you throwing it. And then also, Ashley, when when I say throwing it, it's big plays. That's what's amazing about this offense. It's like they just drop back and he's just throwing jump balls, go back shoulders, you know, nines. That's it. Like obviously they have the full thing out there. You know, they can run a full route tree, but what makes them dangerous is those big plays. And that's one of the the things that we highlight the most when we're preparing, you know, for our opponent. We look at third down, we look at four we look at third down, we look at red zone, we look at, you know, situational football. Look, four minute, two minute, right? What are they doing? But another thing that we look at too is big plays this team every game six to seven big plays if we can eliminate three of them we're right where we need to be those big plays are crucial and that's what's been missing as well with the Eagles
3: I mean it definitely is going to be interesting how the rest of the season plays out when we're talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys Um, like I've been saying on show neck and neck for the top Spot in the NFC East and the NFC in general. Obviously, the uh, 49ers are also looking to take that spot if possible. So, are you losing confidence in Hertz and this Philadelphia Eagles team? One more time. Are you losing confidence in Jalen Hurts and this Philadelphia Eagles team?
1: Wow. Did you really just ask me that? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No. It's just ebbs and flows to the year. Now, I'm I'm peeking, I'm watching. I said this before, like I'm watching. I'm watching because it's December. You want to be playing your best ball in December. You shouldn't be having these hiccups this point of the season. But really good teams and quarterbacks like this, they, they can fix it, right? And so that's what we need to see. Can they correct these mistakes? Are they going to tackle in the open field? Are they going to eliminate the big play? Can they get the ball down the field to A.J. Brown? Can we get him a 150-yard game again? Can we spread the wealth? Can we get Smitty involved, right? So that's what we need to be paying attention to this week is those things that I just talked about, are they correcting them? If they correct them, then they're just as dangerous as any other team. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys, they split with the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, blew them out. But, hell, come the third game, it could go the other way. Let's not get it twisted. It can't. I don't see that happening, but it can. So I'm not losing hope on the Philadelphia Eagles. Like no way. There's too, too much in that locker room. Oh no. And Jalen hurts. Heck no. Heck no. Talking about leadership. All right. Mindset. Well,
3: let's go ahead and, and talk about their rival, the Dallas Cowboys. Now heading into week 15, as we know, one of the biggest matchups of the week is Buffalo and Dallas. Now, Dak and the Dallas Cowboys will face Josh Allen and and those guys. And many think that Dak is the league MVP right now. And there are reports that Jerry is going to make him a very, very rich man. Now, if Dak were to underperform in another big postseason game, do you or do you not still make him one of, if not the richest, QB? in the NFL.
1: Absolutely. You know how I feel about absolutely these Absolutely not, or you absolutely know, you do? Uh, you do. Man, okay. it's hard to find these quarterbacks. Like, what are we talking about? I know you're just asking me the question, but people need to understand these quarterbacks don't grow on trees. It's amazing to see how he's been executing. What you want as a player, what you want as a coach, what you want as an owner competing at this level, is you just want the opportunity. That's it. Like, yeah, you want to you you, you want to win the Super Bowl, but there's been a lot of legends, a lot of great coaches and players that's never won a Super Bowl, or been to the Super Bowl. They're ten and three. They're tied in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles are in the, in the NFC East. What, what else can we? What else do we want from Dak Prescott? Like, what are we talking about? I don't. I I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get it. No, I'm paying Dak Prescott. I'm keeping Dak Prescott. (laughs) Look at all these other busts. Oh, yeah, we got the number one overall pick. We got, you know, are we picking at five or four? We're going to get this quarterback. He's going to change everything for us, please. Man, Dak Prescott is giving you a level of consistency that most owners will will write a billion-dollar check for. You better pay this man and keep this man. I don't care what happens in the postseason. And I'm speaking as a from a wide receiver as well, Ashley. I've had 17 quarterbacks. Throw me a ball. Had 17 quarterbacks. You know how hard it is to find a guy like D- Dak Prescott that you can count on, you can depend on? Please.
3: Okay, so let's play a little game of Would You Rather before we close out the show. You ready? Let's go. Dak or Josh Allen?
1: Dak Prescott.
3: Dak or Tua?
1: Dak Prescott. I I think going to dinner with Dak would be cool.
3: (laughs) Dak or Trevor Lawrence?
1: Dak Prescott.
3: Dak or Brock Purdy?
1: Dak Prescott.
3: Dak or
1: Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. (laughs)
3: I need to find I'm me a man though. as loyal to me as you are to Russell yeah. Wilson. I could have asked you Barack Obama or Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, He's- Michael Jordan or Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Ashley, just the numbers, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. No, don't do that. Just look at the numbers. What are we talking about here? Do you want
1: me to go through the numbers and the career highlights? No,
3: I don't want you to okay. go through the numbers. Your your loyalty to Russell Wilson is what. Like, insane. That's right. Hey,
1: you know what, though? I am surprised at myself that, you know, how high I am on Dak Prescott. Like, when you just took me through that, and I'm like, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott. It's like, shit. Like, I just, I don't know. I trust him. I trust him. I, and I also understand that it's not always going to go our way. I just want a quarterback that's going to give me his all and put us in position. That's all I want. And Dak Prescott does that. I mean, hell, he's what? He's 3,500 yards on the season, 76 uh, QBR, 28 touchdowns. He's top five in almost every category, statistical category. Shh, please. With that defense, Danny Quinn over there. Oh, yeah, we have opportunity. We get to the first round, we lose. Okay, cool. What happened? What, 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 what happened? receiver slipped ran ran wrong route. Pick six. Okay, cool. That sucks and we have to live with that forever. But we gave us we gave it the best shot. I like Dak Prescott.
3: Listen. I love Dak Prescott. I might
1: Prescott, love Dak, Dak
3: Prescott. <laughs> what?
1: I might love Dak Prescott. He might not look. more
3: than me. No, how first time Hold on time How out, do you feel like oh, Tommy DeVito?
1: To, hold on timeout. Please. Give me some backup here. Do y'all recall we had a, uh, a conversation, I think, before the year, and I think we did a scenario. No, it was Lamar Jackson. I think you took Lamar over Dak
3: Prescott. I think we were doing no, something. No, I did it. You asked me which quarterback I would have right now, and that was after the 49ers game, where we got blown out, and I said Jalen Hurts.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. You quarterback?
3: Which quarterback I trusted right now at this point in the season, and it was Jalen Hurts. I- I stand by that answer because Dak wasn't playing well. So I stand by that answer. So see See that but you, can't, Dak, you can't be fickle like that. That's what me I mean. Me and Dak. No, see me and Dak, our relationship is based on honesty and transparency. Your relationship with Russell Wilson is based on unwavering loyalty, whether he's right, wrong, or indifferent. We don't move like that.
1: No, it's not that. It's 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 there's highs and lows, there's ebbs and flows. So, well, you yes. know what the flow is? You just got to know that on person. You can't. We're oh, flowing you're having on a out of be- here. Huh?
3: We are flowing on <laughs> okay, out of here DeVito better. because the show is over, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Paper Out, if you're listening, which you are, on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103. We will see you all Monday. Bye.